All right. Thanks, ladies, for that. Appreciate it. Let's turn our Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1 this morning, uh, this evening. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 1. And let's just read the first four verses of this, this book and we'll get into the message this evening. My son was already trying to collect my microphone after I went through the goals. He said, that's enough, Dad. So, but um, a little bit more tonight if we just have, just have this moment to open the Word of God. But Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Chislu in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And verse 4, And it came to pass when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we approach this time just understanding, dear Lord, the, the need for you to speak to us. And we're so thankful that we have your word to guide us, to exhort us, to challenge us, dear Lord. And I pray, dear God, that as we come together tonight to open your word, that we just be, Lord, still in our hearts and in our minds to, to listen to you, dear Lord. And ask that you would please meet with us tonight. I pray that you'd just do a work in, in our lives as a, as a church, Lord, as, as Lord, the, the stewards of this time for our generation, I pray that you'd help us. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And um, today, you know, we've, we've gone through and uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps you have or perhaps you haven't, but hopefully through the course of this week, you'll, you'll really look at some of the things we've, we've shared through the course of the day and looked at some of the, the vision that we have that um, we're just asking the Lord to accomplish. And, you know, it's a good thing to have, uh, have material to sort of read through and appreciate, you know, Andrew's work in that and in, in communicating the, the vision in a visual way. And that's a good thing for us to just sort of have in our, in our Bibles to, to remind us it's good for us in the next couple of next week and next couple of weeks to, to, to use that to really just, just get the, um, the, the, the sense of what the Lord's trying to do in our time. But, you know, often vision is like a good intention. And you have every good intention to do it, but until it gets done, then it's just on a piece of paper. All right, vision has to then come to a place of completion. And and I want to tell you, I'll just go through what happened in the life of Nehemiah here and, and the completion of the work of building the wall and what it takes to get it done. What it takes to get it done. And we see later on in, in chapter 4, verse 6, where Nehemiah just simply says, So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. In chapter 6, Verse 15, he reiterates, so the wall was finished in the 25th day of the month Elul in 50 and 2 days. Now, I've never been to Jerusalem, never been to Israel. I know Brother Dave just came back and 
Um, he, he shared a few of the, the, the pictures that he took and so forth and really enjoyed that. But this, was a, this wasn't an, an easy undertaking. And actually, anything that we want to do for the Lord, if it's, if it's something that, that will make a difference, often it's, it's not an easy undertaking. But what it is, is, is um, there's, a, there's, a joy that, there's a joy in doing it because it's worth it. And there's a completion that needed to take place. And I think vision is important in casting our minds to, to what's needful, to, to the time at hand. Vision uh, ought to drive us forward to what could be and helps us look beyond uh, what, what we have right now. And that's what we find Nehemiah and He was in that situation. Um, he was faced with the unenviable task of rebuilding something that had been broken down. Um, in captivity, what we read there, he hears of the need to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And within that, there was a stirring in him to, to act upon it and then eventually to accomplish or complete the work. And my prayer tonight and my prayer throughout the course of the lead up to this has been that we not only listen to the vision of and what can be that, that we've shared today, but it would also stir us into action and put us on a pathway of completion for the work that God has for us. And we're going to simply just look at some factors for the vision to come to, to fruition, come to being accomplished. And I pray that this will resonate as we look forward to moving together, moving forward as a church. And so notice the first one is, is really pretty, uh, pretty simple. It's just communication. Okay, the vision has to be communicated. And we read there in, in verses 1 to 4 the account of, of Nehemiah just, uh, just being there in captivity in Shushan, the palace. And, and someone came and he came back, this, this fellow named Hanani, and he comes back and just reports. And, and I'm just glad that Nehemiah had an interest to hear. You know, he didn't just, just sit there and, and have a casual conversation with Hanani. He really listened and he understood that there was a need. Nehemiah was, was already ready to listen. And so he was ready to listen and to the point where as he heard these, and he even asked the question, you know, what, what's it like? What's it like? What's Jerusalem like? What's happening over there with those that, ha- that remnant that remained? And, and Hanani gave a report that wasn't very positive. There was a great need. There was a challenge at hand. And so there was a need for communication. Later on in chapter 2 and, and verse 3, um, now Nehemiah, after ruminating over it, after praying over it, he then communicates it to others. He communicates it to the king. And he says in verse 3, And said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the, pa- the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste? And the gates thereof are consumed with fire. And he was speaking in the presence of Artaxerxes here, the, the king of whom he was the, the, really the, uh, the, the butler. And he comes and he, he tells him, because he had a sad countenance, that was unusual. That was unheard of really in the presence of, of this sovereign who was over the majority of the world. And, and the king notices and, and Nehemiah had the courage to communicate the vision. And so what we find there is he continues to communicate. Skip down, look at chapter 2, look at verses 12 to 13. And now it's developing. He's, he says in verse 12, And I arose in the night, I and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what my God hath put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with, with me save the beast that I rode upon. 
And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. So it's developing now. He takes a couple of men with him to just survey and see actually what was needed. And this was all part of him communicating the vision. Skip down, look at verse 17. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in? How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire? Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. So it went from this, from, from Nehemiah ready to listen to the need, to then it entering into his heart as a burden, to then it being communicated to those that needed to be involved. And so communication is important in this process. And, and firstly, I want to bring up this. Really, it had to start with Nehemiah hearing from the Lord. You know, often the reason why we have no vision for tomorrow or no vision for what can be is maybe we're just not ready to listen to the Lord. Maybe we're just not listening. And, and through the, the report of Hanani here, Nehemiah really, he, he saw that as of the Lord. And so we need to hear from the Lord, first of all, in, in communication. You know, communication, and I'm sure you'd all agree, communication has two parts. It's talking, but it's also listening. You know what we're very good at in prayer? We're very good at talking in prayer. We're very good at telling the Lord at times, um, and it is, we're, we're prayer, a function of prayer is asking. We're supposed to talk, that's, that's part of it. But here's sometimes what we don't do when, when really God's trying to get our attention is listen. Do we listen? And, and part of communication, part of that is just listening. Nehemiah had to hear from the Lord. And I wonder if you've heard from the Lord recently. I wonder if you make sure, you know, when Nehemiah heard those things in verse 1, it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And we won't take the time to look at his prayer, but he was seeking God. He was, he was divulging things that were in his heart, but he was seeking God. And it was this communication he, need to, he needed for this vision and for this direction to be correct, he needed to hear from God. You know, there's many times where we say, we hear from God and we declare it and we better be careful. We better just make sure. I was thinking about this verse in Jeremiah chapter 23. If you'd quickly turn there with me. We won't turn anywhere else tonight. So have a look at Jeremiah chapter 23. And, and, and really God's warning the prophets here. And notice with me verse 25. Jeremiah 23, look at verse 25. I have heard... What the prophets said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. You know, this dream, this vision, how long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The prophets that hath a dream... Let him tell a dream. And then notice this, And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Therefore, 
Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, everyone from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, he saith. So he's saying it's just their own words, it's just their own vision, it's just their own version. Behold, I am against the prophets, he says, that does that. Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them, therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. And, and really what he's implying there in the, in the passage is if it's, a, if it's a, a right vision, it's going to be mixed with the Word of God. It's, it's the Word of God that needs to be the emphasis with that. And he's saying you better be careful to know whether it's a dream or it's, it's something that is given of you from the Lord. And we, we're like that, really, as, as we lead our homes. We, we better take great care to say, well, the Lord told me this. Did he say that? Did you make sure? Did you really pray through that and understand that this is from God? Because if you're going to get the communication right, you better that, get that communication right first. And then what we find is once, once Nehemiah understood that, he had to transfer the vision. So Nehemiah, after hearing from the Lord, prepared to communicate the vision to others. Right, We read it there to the king and to the people. But I'm saying you can't do this prior to hearing from the Lord. You can't do this before you've got, a, got, got an understanding from God what it is. And you know, we ought to pour a lot of prayer and a lot of just, just, uh, just making sure before we communicate things on behalf of God. So Nehemiah was clear in what, he, what needed to take place. And what, what clarity from God does is often it will also mean clarity of communication to others. And so that's, that's the first thing, communication. But then what we see is what was needed is also cooperation. Okay, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 to 18, we read it earlier. He communicated and then notice there in verse 18, Then I told them of the hand of my God which was upon me, was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me, and they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for his good work. They. There needed to be a, a group of people. In, in chapter 4, verse 6, so built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof for the people had a mind to work. There's a, there's a plurality there of workers. There are those who caught the vision and because of that there was cooperation. Let us, the people, plural, had a mind to work. And what Nehemiah did is after he communicated the vision, there was a cooperation. Nehemiah enlisted others for the task. You know, there's no point just, just when, when, when God's moving in your heart to just then go, well, just let's bury that. You know, when the, the timing's right, you, you know from the Lord and you enlist others for the tasks. You know, some tasks are too big to be accomplished on our own. And Nehemiah understood he needed others for the vision to be accomplished. You know, there's no such thing really in the Bible, as a lone ranger. You know, God put you in a body for a reason because that's what's, what's most effective. When we go about and we just sort of ride along and we think that it's all going to be due to us, listen, there's a wrong mentality there and we're supposed to enlist others for the task. We're better together. And we go about and we, there ought to be a cooperation there. And, and Nehemiah, though, identified key personnel that were needed. And so along the way, he understood that there were, there were those who were key to it all. In chapter 3, verse 1, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified and set up the doors of it, even unto the tower of Mea, 
they sanctified unto the tower of Hananiel. All right, in chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, we see now it came to pass when the wall was built and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed that I gave my brother Hananiah and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. You know, that's a great description for a leader. Is someone who's just a faithful man and feared God above many. And he's saying he appointed these certain ones that, that took charge of certain areas and they were all in cooperation with one another. They understood the task, they understood the mission, they understood the vision that was at play. And, and it's key to us then taking our part in cooperation. And so as we look at perhaps the, these things that we identified tonight of what's next and maybe in your, in, your own personal, um, in your own personal goals that you're trying to accomplish for the Lord next year, you're going to need to enlist others to help you keep accountable, help you keep balanced, help you keep on the, on the go when you do get discouraged because eventually you will at some point in time. You're just going to need others around you and you're going to need some cooperation to just get the job done. And so cooperation was needed. But then not only was there a need for communication, cooperation, thirdly, we see there needed some coordination. You know, you can, you can all come together, but if we're all going every which way, then there's no point. There needs to be some coordination. The right hand and the left hand have to communicate. And, and we see that. Look at Nehemiah chapter 2 again. And verses 7 to 9, Moreover, I said unto the king, says, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he might give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. And we already read there that there were those. And if you read right down the chapter there in chapter 3, you're going to see these, and next unto him, and next unto him. And there was a great coordination that had to take place. And, you know, it was going to take some coordination. And Nehemiah had to have a plan to work from. He had to have a plan. Nehemiah gave the plan. He understood the needs and he understood what needed to take place. And so God gave him wisdom for that and there was a plan to work from. It wasn't just a burden. You know, it's often been my experience that, that those with great vision, God provides others with great administration. And that's a gift. Administration is a gift. And, you know, there's been many times that uh, that, that great vision has happened, but without great administration of that, none of it has taken place. And, and you know, many times we, um, we have great dreams for God, but we don't make it into plans, and they remain dreams. And we understand then that there needs to be some coordination, and, and we set up a plan. The plan comes really from some wisdom, wisdom given from God, which can only come from a steady walking with God and a steady awareness of the need to be addressed. And Nehemiah, he also understood the resources needed. You know, again, Nehemiah didn't, didn't, didn't just take this burden. He understood that as God gave him opportunity to sign up the help of others, he took that. 
You know, even here in, in his dealing with the king, he understood what the king could do for the vision. And so he even undertook that. And we've seen Nehemiah understood the resources needed. You know, Nehemiah's careful asking of the king indicated, again, the deep understanding that Nehemiah regard, uh, regarding what was needed for the vision to be completed. He, his, his, his teamwork, his cooperation with others to coordinate them, he also understood the personnel needed and the manpower needed to accomplish the task. And you know what it is? Um, we need to count the cost. See, in Luke 14, 28, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. I think all of us here, we've maybe driven a, past a building that has been incomplete for a very long time. There was a particular building I remember driving to church for 20 years over there in, uh, in Sydney, and for 20 years the building looked the same. And it's, it's sad, isn't it? You sort of go, oh, what could have been? And sometimes the thing that, that really disrupts that in the work of God is just a lack of coordination. But what I'm saying is, is when we understand the resources needed, when we understand that, that we need to play a part, you know, often when it comes down to it, when it came to a vision being accomplished, God had always equipped God's people to meet it. Right? We know that from a spiritual gifts point of view when we look at the, the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the different gifts that God gives us, spiritual gifts, and we're all, all of that, and when we combine it, it's to, unto the edifying of the body. We understand again, over and over again, whenever God had a building project in the Old Testament, when it came to the tabernacle, when it came to the building of the temple, God had it all set up. The people had it. And they came along. And they understood, they, there were different people with different skills, Bezalel and Aholiab and all of these that when they, they were trying to put together the tabernacle, there was a great coordination there of the talents and the giftings that people had to accomplish the very work that God had placed for them. And so it's going to take some coordination. But then lastly, it's going to take some consecration. Because we're going to need to understand that this isn't just, this isn't just man's idea this has to be, we've got to be convinced that this has to be for the work of God. And Nehemiah understood that. Look at Nehemiah chapter 3 and look at verses 18 to 20. And look at all these people involved. After him repaired their brethren, Bavai the son of Hanadad, the ruler of the half part of Keilah. And next to him repaired Ezer the son of Jeshua, the ruler of Mizpah. Another piece over against the going up of the armory at the turning of the wall. In verse 20, after him, Barak, the son of Zabai, earnestly repaired the other place from the turning of the wall unto the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. So all of these people involved, they, they understood the, the work. But then go down, look at chapter 4. And verses 1 to 3. He says, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren, the army of Samaria, and said, what do these feeble Jews, will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in the day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? 
Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. And event, uh, eventually, just as, as it is when we attempt to do anything for God, sometimes there's some opposition that comes along. But then notice their response, Here, O our God. For we are and so they continue to reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And so they continued it, and they continued the work, understanding that they needed to go to God, that this was, a, this was a godly work that they were supposed to do. And this was a work for God. He understood the spiritual implications at hand. There was a, this was for no one else but them. They were consecrated for this particular task. No other person was going to do it. This was for the Jews. This was for those that were dwellers in Judah. These were those who had remembrances of that place, of what it was. And they understood that it was actually it was their right. It was their time to do what they were supposed to do. It was no one else. They had to consecrate themselves for the work. It was their right, no one else. And Nehemiah, he didn't allow the different, different challenges at hand to stop the work. There were other things at play here. They understood that this wasn't just for them to go through. It was for them to go through. attempt to move forward. You're going to find in your individual you know, goals and the things that you want to accomplish for the Lord, there's going to be, there's going to be times you're going to go through some challenges, some, some trying, some opposition even. And, and you're going to go through that, but you're only going to go through it if you have a mindset that this is for the Lord. This is a, you're consecrated for this work. And, you know, we all play a part. We all have a part on the wall, so to speak. We all have a part in it, and we, it's going to take us just making sure we're, we're understanding where it's coming from, that it's coming from the heart to just want to glorify and honor and serve God. And I'm saying our vision, it's got to come with an absolute will that this is for the Lord. And I want to tell you, it's His work. It's not my work. It's really not your work. It's the Lord's work. And, and we've got to have that as our motive. And, and with that, I think we can rally together and commit ourselves to that. We've got to be willing to listen, we're willing to hear, willing to adopt, and even at times adapt. And God is able to make the vision come into reality if we would wholly surrender ourselves to Him. And if we would just action what we commit ourselves to do. You know, vision is good, but vision to completion is better. And that's what we, we hope to do in, in, in the days to come. You know, there's a great work for us to do. There's still people to be reached. There's still countries that uh, we need to partner with to, to win their localities and, and win those. There are those in our church who still need to come to a place where they're, they're, they're getting the opportunity to mature in the faith. And there are those young people coming along that have a calling that God's working through. And we have a responsibility and a stewardship, actually. To make sure that, that you know, the vision that God's placing on their heart matches with a completion. And, and there needs to be a, a real concerted effort. You know, the vision needs communication. It needs cooperation, coordination. But it's going to take our consecration to get the job done. And that's what it's going to take. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity tonight to... I just learned some, a quick lesson, really, in the, in the life of Nehemiah. And Lord, that, is, that, that, that work there was to honor you. It was really to, really to understand that that wall represented, dear Lord, just uh, your might and your power. 
And Lord, the rebuilding of it was such an important thing. And, and Father, we understand that sometimes we go through in, in life just a, a process of rebuilding. And I pray that you'd help us, dear Lord, as you touch our hearts about our part to play. That, Lord, we'd not only just keep it on a piece of paper, but, Lord, we'd just action it. And, Lord, take the steps necessary to, to accomplish and complete the work that you would have for us to do. Bless our church, I pray. Help us, Lord, to just move forward in the, next, in the coming year. Uh, I pray that you'd help us to finish off this year well. And I pray that you'd please just consecrate us for your use. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.